0: nature, false is nature, false is nature. Hi Matt. Hey Daniel, how are you doing? Very
1: good, glad to see you.
0: It's good to be seen.
1: Yeah. So nobody can really move around these days and you're typically on the road for Vet Church, seeing folks doing interviews, playing music, all the fun stuff. and the rest of the world gets to see it on facebook and wherever uh none of that is happening right now what's going on in your world
0: well we're um it, it's true the uh the ne- the <laughs> worldwide pandemic of this thing has got here in america and it shut it shut all the you know the music stuff down where i would travel and uh, kind of like Paul with the tent making, paying your way along the way to do vet church, uh, all the the music opportunities ended, as did the the churches getting together came to a halt. Now, as far as vet church itself, with the Sunday services, well, they've continued just like they were doing because they're online. They're all. Um, it it also pointed out a couple of things that like it's really nice to have a place to belong. You know, like right now we're we're staying in a friend's an, an RV in a friend's backyard, um, using the house and you know, some incredible opportunity to be with other people uh in a very unique and intimate way, but also we're stopped, you know, so it's it's stopped. Hmm. Which uh, like hurts me a little bit but it also it also brought up like growth of the next chapter for vet church um you yeah, like the house and property committee <laughs> like the idea of um, you need a place you need a place to to go out of a base camp so we're kind of gonna you know I'd, I'd sold my house to do this and so now we're looking at a long-term plan to get back have some more stability where Vet Church actually has a place, and at the same time, we're gonna in the future, the near future, the plan is to have a YouTube channel to do some more outreach virtually, like we've been doing, because of the the needs we've seen and the fact that we're so connected virtually as a nation. You know, we have we have high speed internet, and everybody's got these computers on their phones that. We can even do Zoom on a phone, you know. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So
1: Vetros continues online. That's where it was born, right? So, mm-hmm. remind folks what you do there, how you reach out to people, and what what's going on in their lives.
0: So Vet Church is about um, a lot of it was about me. It was it was originally this was this was Matt Williams helping Matt Williams heal. You know, there's a big word in theology called soteriology, which is the study of salvation. And in a a way for me, vet church was my soteriology at the moment because I was stuck. I had been medically retired from the military. I got out, I was over medicated. Um, A lot of veterans know this very similar story. And I got off the pills with the help of a doctor and got, sanity back into my life and so i went on the road and, and somewhere and i was playing music just going and seeing people that i knew that i've been with in different units and i was playing music these little songs i wrote and somebody said well you're a, you're a chaplain why don't you do a, an online service why don't you, you do something like that and then somebody else said that and then another person said it and and then my brother-in-law said why don't you do Fetchurch? church <laughs> and i said what's what's the purpose and he said well you go in there and do a little service on Sunday, you still believe in God. You still, you know, you're, you're still an ordained minister. And I said, well, what would I do? He said, well, think about what you did when you're deployed. I thought back to right before the clips, the combat logistic patrols would go outside of the wire. They're doing this little meeting and I would show up as a chaplain and sit through the meeting and I'd sit there and while they're getting their vehicles ready and right before they went out, would say the Lord's prayer and whoever wanted to receive communion would come off to the side and receive communion, go get in their vehicles and go do, you know, their service to the nation. And, um, and I thought, well, maybe that's what I need. You know, maybe I needed, I, I didn't feel like I fit into the regular brick and mortar church, but I was trying to make my way back there. And so I, I started doing that and I, and I started doing, you know, vet Church is a, in, in reality, it's a, it's a community. But it's a community of people who have come around the concept that if you're fed up or effed up, maybe God still wants to worship with you. Maybe God wants to be with you as you worship God. And it's an interchange there. It's not a one-sided, you know, like, you know, there, there is a fall before the king type of thing. But it's not one-sided it's like the king picks you up and loves you and holds you in his arms and um and and it was conceptually it was tough because like the the service on sunday which consists of me talking for a few minutes and basically just sharing my own life whatever it's going on however it's hit me that week uh, a quick little online communion where i say hey go grab a cracker and a glass of water or whatever you have liquid wise and break bread with me, and then let's say the Lord's prayer together. And that's nowhere, like, there is no, um, there's no precedent for that in the scripture, because there's no online stuff in the scripture. There's no precedent for it in human history. Like, that's never been the way communion was done. It was always in person. And then... And then afterwards I basically say goodbye and like, and people would call me and then well, I'd go, I'd go see people, I'd go see people that were struggling and people would say, Hey, will you come visit me and come sit and talk for a while? And, and so that's what we did. I'd find a place to play maybe a coffee shop or a bar or a church. And in fact, going back to the the real, the the brick and mortar church transpired for vet church simply because I would go play music in a bar. And I remember this happening in Louisiana down in the water. Um, there's this little, you yeah, know, Louisiana, there's a lot of water. <laughs> and I was down there playing in this little bar and there's water right outside, you know? And, and, um, I walked during the show, I was playing a guy came up on stage and he was crying and, uh, brought me a, brought me a beer, you know, and toasted, whatever. And we, we sat there and, and I played some more music and, and this man is weeping and, we get outside, you know, and I talk with him and he tells me his story, which was it's a very sacred thing. And I handed him a CD and I got in the car and I drove off. Well, as time transpired, this was early on, as time transpired, I kept wondering, what if I'd had somebody in the neighborhood or in, within a hundred miles that I could say, hey, I trust this person over here. Because for my own self, I couldn't just say, go to church. I'd been hurt too many times by church. Here I am the reverend doctor, blah, blah, blah. And I'd been hurt in church. Great pain, great sorrow. And so I thought, what if I knew somebody? Like, what if I said, ah, I know Daniel, he's a pastor, you go see him man. he lives, in, you know, X amount of places away from here or whatever. And so I started going to regular churches and saying, tell him and the pastors were like, yeah, you know, we don't have a specific veteran outreach thing. Maybe we should even start it. So I was helping churches start some veteran fellowships up and at the same time i was a vet church was growing it was becoming something that was much more than just matt williams and i don't know it's that kind of capture what you've seen i mean you
1: you touch many lives right so you do the online services and you go around places and meet people and connect them I mean, that's one of your greatest strengths, bringing people together. Actually, I remember how we got together that was traveling too. So we went to Cleveland, both of us, to a chaplain meeting from the UCC there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I'm so glad we got together there because we drank a lot of Cabernet that one night and you laid out all the plans that wet church could become and be. And um, here we are a few years in and it looks real good. Yeah. So I'm glad to have met you that night. And, um, you still have all those dreams and ideas and that creative spinning. So all that creativity that you bring to the process and the craziness, frankly, Uh it's great. It,
0: it, it even feels crazy to me, Daniel. I, I don't feel that like you're, you know, you're out there looking at me going, this is crazy. I feel like I'm saying I've got these crazy dreams. <laughs> you know, which just we were just talking about one of our outreach things going on. <laughs> And through the COVID, it's been going on with the homeless in Austin. And I, and I wish I had more, you know, the more I see it, the more I want to funnel resources in that direction. But not just in Austin. I want to start up an outreach like that in Miami and New York and and, and wherever people are, are homeless and struggling to see a God that's real. And I, I do. I have like, like, And to me, I'm thinking they're crazy. So I like it that you – Because you know, one of the things we do is we've we've re- resisted. I should say this too: we've resisted the idea of allowing vet Church to be a denominationalized church. There's many denominations that have cared for vet church. Mm-hmm. From the UCC, um, there's been Catholics involved. There's been Methodists. There's been Baptists. There's been uh, Latter Day Saints. There's been uh, Mormons. There's been atheists, Wiccans, people who who just or like anti-church even have come to me and been like, I love what you're doing. I want to, I want to be part of that. How can I be part of it? I mean, is there somebody that I can talk to and help out? And I'm like, yeah, right over here, you know, like, wow. and you forgot the Episcopalians. Didn't you have a big thing last summer? Oh, I've done a lot of work with the Episcopalians. And the, in the uh, David Peters out of Austin he had started, he's a, he's a pastor right now. Uh, he's a priest and he's, he's pre." uh, shepherding a small church in Flugerville, right outside of austin and david really helped me he would you know daniel david him, and i worked together at walter reed army hospital both chaplains and david wrote a couple books sex god war uh and and he's done all kinds of stuff been on npr and he, he talked the episcopal church into starting the episcopal veterans fellowship which he doesn't run, but he, they started it in in the beginning, he did run it and David would call me and I, what I remember out of those calls was him saying, you know, you're not dead. God loves you. You've got worth and purpose. And there's a need for somebody like you in this world. And, and, and you know, he did that at a time when I was over medicated, I was lonely. I was in despair. Suicidal ideology was almost a daily thing. Like I kept thinking, why live anymore? And this one guy would just call me up randomly. You know, Every three or four months, he'd call me up. He's not a big phone guy. And just say, hey, Matt, you have value. <laughs> you know, and that really helped. And so, yes, I've done a lot with the Episcopal Bushmen Fellowship. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's that woundedness, right? Messed up, effed up. Um, You talk about uh, your drug use, your suicide, you were hitting the bottom there. And um, it's that vulnerability, right? So you preach the crucified and risen Christ, but that only makes sense with your own vulnerability. And that allows basically vulnerable people to connect, right? With you and with one another
0: there. Correct. it's... You know that's it's such an important thing. Have you read the book The Wounded Healer, or is it is it The Wounded Healer? Yeah, yeah, Henry Nell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Henry, like, so I, I read that book while I was doing CPE, and I wound up reading a couple other prayer books that he wrote, which took me a step further. That it, it helped me realize that my wounds weren't the end of me. Does that make sense? Like, I, even though I was deeply wounded and deeply hurt, and and I could I could use that hurt to help others and to help myself, but there was more to me than just the pain. That was that was that. I mean, that was a really really big revelation to me that there was more, even though I'd went through that. It's a whole new life out there, you know. Like every day's brand new. <laughs> yeah. So
1: that church meets online, which is a Facebook live every Sunday, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you celebrate communion every Sunday, which I really like. I hardly miss any of them. Uh, so, but there is that odd thing about that. And I was cringing at the beginning because uh, you just grab whatever you have there, right? Uh, can be chips and beer, can be a cracker and orange juice, can be whatever it is. Uh, I've probably Catering, seen it all.
0: Coca-Cola, whatever.
1: <laughs> that's right. So I'm more like an in-the-box guy, right? So I didn't study that, that that would be part of communion. So ha- have you gotten any crap about that?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not <laughs> even – that doesn't like – Getting any crap doesn't only it just scratches the surface of what um what's transpired around that. Uh I've been told that I'm wrong. Like you're you're just as wrong as can be. But but I'd like to talk about why I did it. And then I just I, I never want to refute somebody saying I'm wrong. Because some people believe that's wrong. And that's I hallelujah, man. They got a belief about it the goal was my goal in doing it all together was never to prove I was right or wrong, but to bring people back into relationship, to bring myself back into relationship. You know, like if I was doing it with y'all, I was actually doing it with myself, you know? And, and, and we haven't missed a Sunday and we're in our third year. And I, I mean, I've done it when I was sick. I was done with like at 1159 at night because I was like, Whoa, <laughs> we forgot <laughs> well i was I was traveling one time I remember pulling into a truck stop, and it was just like ten minutes to twelve midnight or something central time and I'm like i think it was central time I, it might have been eastern time i can't remember
1: well, you have to freedom with the time zones
0: yeah, so like i'm i am i am like whatever, and so like i I do it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we almost missed it and the concept it goes back like where was Christ and the twelve disciples you know they they weren't in a room posing for whatever the great artist was. Was that Da Vinci that painted yeah. them? They weren't in a room posing for Da Vinci. They were in a room somewhere where they, they were coming to take Passover. They were, they were coming for this Jewish feast of Passover where, where like any, and it goes back to the significance when the, the Israelites were in Egypt and they were going through the, the 12, 10, whatever the plagues were bad times. Right. So and on the door, they they like put blood on the door, they made a sacrifice of something, put blood on the door and the angel would pass over, right? I mean, that's yeah. just the idea. So they're celebrating this. They come in and Christ, who is the master, the God man, kneels down and washes their feet as they come in. And these guys walk around in sandals, nasty muddy streets, you know, they don't have nice paved sidewalks and stuff and um bunions calluses overgrown toenails christ is washing their feet and then and then there's food and while they're getting ready to eat you know and they've all washed up and got cleaned they're celebrating this passing over and christ says this is my body broken for you and he breaks the bread and and then somebody told me along the way they said you know man it wasn't the it's not just the priest or the ordained minister that does it. And in the Passover tradition, it's the oldest member of the family that can function. So if there was a grandmother in the house, you know, you know, breaking gender lines and all that, if there was a grandmother in the house, she would be the one that broke the bread at the beginning of the Passover feast and took the cup and, and, and reminded everybody of what happened. And I was told this by one person. I said, well, I can't be true. I mean, here I am, I've got a doctorate in ministry, right? So like, <laughs> I didn't know that. So, so <laughs> cause my tradition never talked about it is why. And so then I, I started checking out, started asking people, and I kept finding out that this was the Passover. This is, there's a lot of truth in that. So then I thought to myself, you know, the, the one, the Pauline epistle where it talks about as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Right? Isn't that a, would Paul write that about community? So um, I thought if we're doing it in Remembrance of Christ, what does it matter what we do it with? What does it matter? Like one of my favorite movies, um, In God's Hands, which is a surfing movie. uh, At one point, the the guy stands out there and he says, I love the ocean. It's the most, the salt water is like the most closest liquid to blood. And he goes into this whole thing and I thought I I was sitting there thinking in my own pain and my own suffering, what does it matter? Like if, if I break bread and I break tradition, but I keep Christ as the center, what does it matter? What does it matter? And then I thought, well, here I was like, I went from, a place where I was really willing to kill myself. I looked in the mirror and I couldn't see the image of God. I couldn't see any value. I couldn't see any worth. And now I'm breaking bread to a TV screen or a, a phone screen or whatever it is, you know, looking at a microphone or a camera and breaking bread or a cracker or chips ahoy or a, a chip, you know, Julio's chips. Boom. And and saying, Remember Christ. And and then taking the water, the wine, the the Gatorade the Coca-Cola and saying remember the blood of Christ poured out for the remission of our sins and then afterwards saying the lord per, lord's prayer with everyone why shouldn't you do that why shouldn't every person wherever they're at if it's your if it's the individual's relationship with Christ and it's not my you know no person has to come through me to get to Christ they go directly to Christ and you come to the pastor, you come to the priest, you you do confession because it helps you in your relationship to Christ, but it doesn't negate the fact that you can still go straight to Christ. And In almost every Christian tradition, that's the understated understanding. understanding.
1: Yeah. And the world is finding that out more and more, right? Like every church is online now, and nobody actually needs to go to their pastor or the building or anything. Uh, so everybody's trying to do a vet church now, but you've been doing that for years very successfully. So when you see all those pastors going online now and trying to do their best with their no budget, no skills, no whatsoever, how do you feel about those people?
0: It it, it delights me a little bit. It makes my soul happy because what I discovered when I started doing this, what I had, and I've heard this well over into the dozens of times. In the beginning, people would say to me, I will never go to church again. Ever. And they've got great reasons not to go. And then six, eight months, 10 months down the road after coming to the vet church stuff and talking to Christ on their own, <laughs> they're going like, they're calling me up and saying, Hey, Hey Matt, Hey chaplain, you know, I actually went to church. <laughs> like what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you told, you, you were so out of it. You're like all this vulgarity blankety blank, never going down there. And now you're going to church again. What what's 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 going on? Like, and they're like, Well, it was me. I needed this relationship with God. And, and as I came into a relationship with God, I realized that other people are just people. People make mistakes, people do great evil. People are not evil, but they do evil. People have problems, but they are not the problem. And in when we do that, when you when you stand with the people in the margins, the more you stand with those who are those and them and the others, the more you realize that we're all the same. And the next thing I realized, people were going back to church and saying, Hey, this God is real. And it's and in it, and this God overcomes. This God is a God of compassion. This is the God that for whatever mixed up mess establishes the church. And in vet church is not a destination. It's a gas station on the way to the church, <laughs> and, and I love that. you know, I love this idea that that we're not like you know we're, we're not a specific denomination because we support every individual's right to go to a different to, to be in a, in a denomination, to find what their differences are and who they are in their heart and go and throw themselves into it because that's important and it's necessary and it's real. And denominations weren't started necessarily out of two people getting in a fight. They're necessary. They more than likely were started out of people going like, well, I think the Bible really does say this. And I, and I want to be, I want to be right, which is weird, you know, because in the end, who's really right and who's really wrong, but it's not, it's, Inappropriate to look at another person and just be like, man, I'm going to slam them because they're not like me. And so, you know, I guess, does that answer your question a little bit? No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're all struggling and they're all trying to follow your example.
0: <laughs> I hope it's not my example. I hope this is more like, I, I, I never like to think of it as an example. I, you know, like I see what the people done, not have, but in around the country and I don't think it, it was my exam. Now this true. I've had a bunch of people call me and say, Hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, what do I do? You know, should I use this or should I use that platform? And, um, and I've given them some guidance, of course, but I think that they did it because, you know, there's two kinds of education. There's pedagogy, which is two plus two equals four. We don't care what you really think about that. It's rote learning. You, we, you memorize these numbers, you give them back. Three times three is nine, et cetera. Um, and then there's androgogy. In an androgogy, it always begins with a problem. They call it adult learning because it is a problem. If, if you're, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden your tire goes flat, you've got a problem. So you may not know how to change a tire, but you, you, how do I learn to change a tire? So you grab your phone, you know, you go straight to YouTube, you Google, oh, how do I change a tire? And <laughs> and I think that's what's happened. Like to give you a real yeah. like my understanding of what's going on right now is like this um COVID-19, uh, one of the coronaviruses uh kicked in, uh, a national wide pandemic and in panic, I might add, like people panicked. Um, the response to this disease and the fact that there was no cure for it through people in, in fear and but i think it exposed fear i don't think it did anything that wasn't already there i think we're all all of us are afraid to some degree and all of a sudden everybody had an andragogical purpose in, in trying to to do church because to stay connected that's it and, and church is important and it's necessary i mean we need to stay, we want to stay connected. It's how we were designed. It goes back to that imago day. The, the image of God is, though if we look at the image of God, I've always believed that you can only really find two things in there that are consistent with any of the study of God. That you'll find that God is always creative and that God is always in relationship. Everything else in there, I mean, everything falls within those two, the scope of that. So I think that, you know, this Zoom approach is, um, and the, in the, you know, whether or not it's the best thing in the world to do to to pour a Coca Cola or a Pepsi or whatever, and and to say, hey, this is the my blood poured out for the mission sins. The the key is to remember part. It's 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 to focus not on what we're doing, but on the meaning of what we're doing. Yeah. So. I hope, and I, Daniel, I, you know, like now that we're talking about it, I hope that that's what I've come across. I mean, you've, you've done many of these with me, you know, from distant places. You've called me up and told me. Oh, we had
1: one in my own backyard here.
0: We did. We did. That was awesome.
1: With bread um, and mine, wine I may add, but yeah.
0: <laughs> well, in, in, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't want people to think that like, here's some arrogant guy just doing whatever he wants to do. It's, it's, it's not what I want to do. I mean, I can think of a million other things. It's what I had to do to bring myself back.
1: And you did. So we talked about how you reach out to folks, how you to support the veteran community, how you help churches, how you connect all the folks that need to be connected. What can people do for you? How can our viewers today support your ministry and your life? What do you
0: need? you know, you know what, (laughs) I need it all, you know, I need encouragement, I need care. I'm just like everybody else. If there's, if there's a human need, I mean, I've got it. If there's anything that's common to one person, I've got it. You know, like the coronavirus showed me that I didn't have a place. And, um, and so I've, I've, I looked at like, well, I'll just buy a place, you know, and I realized I don't have enough money. So I'm going to go do some folk rehab and, and I'm going to earn some more money because I, I I felt like if money comes into vet church, all that money should be for outreach. That's what this was about. You know? Um, and I, and I've used that money. I've gone to, you know, go to an RV park and, and sit and then make, and, I, and I'm going to do more of that in the future. Like I mean, the, the near future, we're looking at like spending a little vet church money, to go to another RV park in a park. We'll wind up talking to some of the people that are there. But we're still gonna do the social distancing. I'm not gonna, I'm not breaking the law. And then in as far as needs go, like I need to be creative, I need to be accountable, I need to be loved, I need to be cherished, and I you know, and I need to see other people are are doing the same thing. Like I'm I'm just like everybody else, you know. So they if you have one extremely creative person and they're on the side of the you know, in a town doing murals everywhere, but nobody else does murals anywhere in the world. And nobody stops and goes, Oh, that mural's like moving pretty soon. The artist is just like, well, you know, maybe I should stop doing this. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess I, I don't know if that answers it well. Like, I mean, I know of people like the, the outreach that um, my friends doing Emily Grace is doing in uh, Austin. You know, I really, you know, she goes and wears, she wears one of the vet church hats, you know, with the, I don't know if you can see it, but it's got Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, Korea, the word heal into this skull that's kind of on a pike, almost like a cross and um, signifying that, that healing comes even through our own pain. She wears one of these hats going downtown and to the, some of the, the homeless camps that have been established outside of Austin and caring for people. And I know like, there's a simple one. She needs money, like that organization that she works in. It just needs cash right now. Um, I don't necessarily need a bunch of cash to drive around like I did before, so that cuts down. Also, see that we can use money to do some advertising. We've never really advertised. You know, we have twenty four hundred people in vet church, almost with no advertisement. <laughs> Which yeah, you know, <laughs> word of mouth. It's where is that. Well, and, and, and one, you know, one of the, one of the pastors up uh, Maine said to me, another UC, I can't remember her name. I'd say it. She said to me, Matt, you've done something really good here. You need to tell more people about it. <laughs> you know, like it's, it, it, she said like, it's inspired me. So it, it, why, you know, why aren't you sharing this more? And I thought, well, I just never got, you know, it, to do good ads, it takes, you got to stop for a minute. You can't just travel from town to town and like, and, and we, you know, so, so some of that's going to happen in the future. Like the, the YouTube channel where my wife and I sit and talk and she's going to talk about being married 22 years in the military community, 12 and a half years of our 22 years of marriage was spent in the meeting, in the military community. Um, I was a chaplain assistant. So I was enlisted. I was a chaplain candidate and then I was a chaplain. So you, you the ups and downs, two deployments, uh, multitude of deaths and all kinds of craziness. And how did how did she stay with me? How did she stay with me when I was over-medicated and wanted to commit suicide? And and how do we live together? And with the divorce rate so high, we thought, like, that'll be great. You know, we'll do this little YouTube thing where we just banner back and forth. and We talk, you know, and we answer questions. And so there's a lot of things on the on the drawing board so to speak. Um, more like I I do this thing called mind mapping for anybody out there. You want to like a really cool app, look up mind maps where you can put an idea down and like all the offshoots of those ideas and really like that's a tool that I've used many, many, many times. Yeah. Well, thank you for
1: doing what you do. Uh, the world is better for your creativity and chaotic energy. Um, (laughs) Glad to hear what's coming next for that church, potentially. Uh, ideas never stop. And I hope getting the word out this way is kind of a good advertisement for you.
0: I love it. I love what you're doing with forces of nature. Forces of nature. <laughs> like, you know, the, as, as you were talking to me about it, you said at one point, you said strange beasts. And all of us have this strange beast within us at some point. I just love it, Daniel. Thanks for being such a strange beast.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, Matt.
0: Thank you, man. All right. Well, I I guess we're out of here, so I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye.